aren't you glad for the sustaining grace of God? Yes. I want you to go with me to the New Testament tonight, and I'm going to share uh, just a, I say a challenge to you or uh, try to help you with some things. Ephesians chapter number one, and I'm going to have kind of a long introduction and really just primarily look at one verse tonight and really one phrase. I told you this morning, uh, uh, Lord willing, tonight that I'm going to preach on the subject of acceptance. You know, everybody wants to be accepted. And we talked this morning, of course, for those of you who may not have been with us, uh, we are in the book of Acts and we just happened to be in Acts chapter number 13 and we dealt with the sorcerer and we dealt with the false prophet who mixes error with truth and they do not want a fixed point of reference, but they want us to accept them. And we talked about the dangers of really uh, wizardry and the dangers of pseudo-intellectualism as we find that because they're diverting truth seekers. And you think about today, I look at it as I think about really what most people are truly wanting is they want some validation of worth. They want to feel like they're part of it. I mean, we, we, we all understand that. You know, some people looking for that and some people struggle with that because uh, they didn't get that at home or they didn't get that from a family member. And, and so now they're, they're, they're struggling with that. And uh, by way of introduction, I want you to understand this. To me, there's two sides of those looking for acceptance. For those of us in the church, we understand those as the lost and the saved. And the, the lost man's looking for acceptance. And what he's saying is, I want you to accept me and I'm okay apart from God. It's just what I think. It's just what I believe. And it's just the choices I've made. And I'm okay with it. Well, Galatians chapter number two, and I'll just read one verse to you. It says in verse number six, he says, but of these who seem to be somewhat, whatsoever they were maketh no matter to me. God accepts no man's persons. And he was talking about religious leaders and the apostle Paul in this passage of scripture is withstanding error. And he said, those who seem to be at a certain stature Remind yourself of this. God does not accept any man's persons. As simply as you can put it, God accepts no one. I gave that story to you the, uh, the, the, this morning about the, uh, the guy at the gas and go. And, and the sad thing is he has this thought that he's going to be accepted by God because he's somewhat morally decent. But the Bible says, look, God accepts no man's. And so what you're understanding and the struggle that you're going with today for those of us that uh, know, the, know the Word of God and those of us that are trying to the best of our ability to live according to the Word of God, there are those that are lost without God. They're wanting us to accept them, but in reality what they're trying to say is, God, will you accept me? But I'm going to say this to you. There's a second crowd that struggles with acceptance, and, and those are saved people. As a matter of fact, this struggle, what they're doing is they're struggling to fit in somewhere. They're struggling to be a part of it. Uh, there's lots of struggles. I, I wrote two or three down. Some are struggling over guilt of failure. And if they can come to a place like this and, and me accept them or you accept them, then they think they're okay. And they're struggling over the guilt of their past. Maybe it's themselves or maybe it's a failure. Maybe it's an action on them. But they just are struggling with guilt. Some are struggling with unforgiveness. 
And they're struggling and they, they want acceptance. And here you say, how do you know? Because they want you to not forgive the person that you may not even know. Well, they won't look at what they want is you to come on their side. They say, come over here with me and be accepted. And then here's another crowd that are saved people. I really do believe this. It's the self-righteous ones. You say, what do you mean by that crowd? That's the crowd that's saying, if I live good enough, God will love me. If I don't do this, God will love me. If I do more of this, God will love me. And can I say this to you? All of those are viewed skews of the spectrum of what it really means to be accepted by God because they put man at the center. And you find here in our passage of Scripture, Ephesians chapter number 1. You thought I told you the wrong book a minute ago, didn't you? I just tricked you and read another verse before we got there. Ephesians chapter number 1. But what we're going to talk about for a few minutes tonight is this biblical concept of being accepted, and in particular, being accepted by God. Everybody likes to be liked. Well, I don't know. Most people like to be liked. There's a few people I think don't like to be liked. But they like not to be liked on purpose. Uh, you know some of them too, but we won't call names tonight. But everybody wants to fit in. And everybody wants to be a part, but here we find something I think that is at the heart of it. Ephesians chapter number one. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you some of your Bible scholars, Ephesians chapter one is, is one of the richest books, richest chapters in the Bible. And sometimes it's often debated and you deal with the subject of being chosen and, and the subject of, of what God knew when and all those type of things. We'll just barely touch on that tonight. So we're not going to walk through this verse by verse, but we're going to look at something that I think will help us in verse number six. The Bible says this, to the praise of the glory of his grace. Notice this, wherein he has made us, don't miss this, accepted in the beloved. Now, there is a mouthful in that one little expression. There is more than I'll ever get out in the next few minutes, and there's probably more than will ever be written or understood about the thought process of us being accepted in the beloved. That's a powerful statement. That's a, that's a, that is a transforming, if you let it, it'll transform your life to know that you can pillow your head at night and be accepted in the beloved. Now, before I give you two or three points just kind of by way of application, notice this little word accepted. You say, what does that word accepted mean? If you go back and study the original languages, you'll find that this, this, this particular word is just used a couple times. One time it's used in Luke chapter number 1 and, and verse number 28 when she was chosen, the Virgin Mary was chosen uh, to bear the, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible uses this expression in our version of Scripture. It says this, thou art highly favored. <laughs> And sometimes at Christmas time, we, we sing that song uh, about Mary's soul uh, and what she pictured in Christ. But here's the thought. The Bible says this, that you are highly favored. You, God's grace is upon you. It literally means this. Look, that we are the objects of God's grace. Now, I've heard this statement before, but please don't miss this. Did you know there's nothing I can do to make God love me more? Yeah. 
Now, now, whoa, back up. Because that ain't what we've been taught. We've been taught since we was little kids, if you'll be a good boy, Jesus will love you. No, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, if I'm in the beloved, I'm already accepted. Now, this is not a license to sin. The Bible teaches that we shouldn't continue in sin just that grace would abound. We know grace covers sin. We know that. That is not the, the, the picture here. The picture is this, understanding that your worth or your self-worth or your self-value has absolutely nothing to do with you. I better back up and say that again. The world talks about self-worth Self-value, self-acceptance. Do you understand when it comes to the subject of being accepted by the creator God of the universe that it has nothing to do with you? So that dismisses my idea of my flaws and my failures and my guilt. That dismisses my thought that I have to keep doing this to earn his favor. I have to keep doing this to earn his favor. I have to keep doing this to earn his favor. It's a misunderstanding of the fact of what it means for us to be accepted in the beloved. Let me give you three simple things very quickly. And I promise I won't be long tonight. And I promise you this. I will just scratch the surface of this passage (laughs) It's like every other time, man, I get into a book and I thought to myself, uh, I thought as I was thinking and praying about this, I had another message I was going to preach tonight. And as I was riding around Friday and doing some things, I, I thought so much about this passage of Scripture just leaped off the page of me. And when you get to studying it, if you really like the Bible, if you're like me, you start studying, you think, man, I need to preach a series in the book of Ephesians. But I'm going to be old before I preach every series that I've promised I'd preach. Ephesians chapter number one, notice this and just notice these words with me. Verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, and we'll come back to that in a moment, wherein he made us. Now, don't miss this. We did not make ourselves. We did not go find, and, and I don't want to get too theological on you, but we didn't go looking for him. He came looking for us. I understand the subject of free will and I, I, I believe that every man has to make a choice and a decision whether they accept Christ as their Savior. But notice this. He says, He made us. We did not make ourselves acceptable to God. Notice number one, the people accepted. Now, pause and wrap your mind around this. That little word us in verse number six. He's made us. That's people. That's the Apostle Paul writing to human beings. As a matter of fact, if you go back up in verse number one, it says that he's writing by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus, to the faithful. He's writing to those that know the Lord, to those that are in the Lord. And he noticed, uh, he goes on down through there and he's made us to sit in heavenly places and all this. But please don't miss this simple concept that yet if you really grasp it, will almost... I hate to use this expression, but it'll almost blow your mind to the thing that finite fallen man, us, could be accepted by a thrice holy, perfect, eternal God. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, the psalmist says, if you look on the other side of it, he asks the question, says, what is man that You're even mindful of him. Like what is in man that God would even think about man? 
Yet we find in this New Testament passage and other passages in understanding this that, that he made us to be accepted in the beloved. I want to say this to you. There are people that are favored by God. There are people that are highly favored by God. Please don't miss this. There are people alive, and I'm one of them, that an, and I'm an object of his grace. He's made us to be accepted. Notice the second place, and this is the, this is the second thing. Not only do we find the people of acceptance, but notice this. Notice the place of acceptance. Now, look, I'm all for doing right. You ought to do right. The Bible says you ought to read the Bible. You ought to pray. The Bible says you ought to come to church. The Bible says you ought to tithe. I've been trying to teach the kids that every time. Every time I've tried the other day, the kid was carrying some candy, and I tried to explain the concept of one out of ten and the tithe, but he didn't understand that, and he didn't give me one out of ten pieces of candy. <laughs> but if you ought to do all those things, there's things in Scripture we ought to do. We ought to give to the poor. We ought to help those that are helpless. We ought to do good unto them if it's in our power to do. All those things are true. And all those things are commandments in Scripture. But you do not find those things as the place of being accepted to God. You say, what do you mean by that, preacher? It's real simple. I'm never going to stand for God and stand in front of Him and say, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. Therefore, you better let me into heaven. We say, no, preacher, that's works. But can I say this to you? I cannot say to him I've done this I've done this I've done this therefore you have to answer my prayers therefore you have to do it according to my way therefore you have to remove this obstacle because you have to understand something it is not in the place of service it is not in the place of works it is in the place notice this in Christ look in this chapter with me oh I wish I had time to delve into this but look in verse number one he says, those saints, <laughs> I like this, they're at Ephesus. He says, but they're in Christ Jesus. <laughs> There's a local assembly of believers. They're living, they're living at Ephesus. But they're in Christ Jesus. Look in verse number three. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Now, I can't even fathom all that word means. Spiritual blessings and heavenly places. But notice this, where are they? They are in Christ. Notice in your Bible, there's not a period at the end of that statement, but a, a colon, the thought continues. According to as he has chosen us, what? He's chosen us, look, in him. And I must say just one word there because sometimes that word chosen confuses people, but please don't miss this. The understanding here is this. We're not looking, we're looking at this passage wrong if we're looking at this like God's looking at all of us and who he's gonna put in us. No, the concept of this passage is he's looking in Christ and what he finds in Christ and he describes what they are and who they are in Christ Jesus. He says, According to he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blameless before him in love. The only way to be holy and the only way to be blameless is in Christ. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of the children of Jesus Christ to himself according to his, the good pleasure of his will. He says we've been ado adopted. Where have we been adopted? In Christ. 
Verse 6, we've been accepted in the beloved. Verse 7, notice it again. In whom? Where do we find redemption? We find it in Christ. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Wherein he has abounded to us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed where? In himself. The mind, the mystery, and the providence of God is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together, notice this, in all one, all things, where? In Christ. Both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. said, so in heaven, they're in Christ. On this earth, they're in Christ. Every blessing you find is in Christ. He goes on. Verse 11, in whom, in whom, don't mark it in your Bible, in whom we've obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him which worketh all things after the counsel of his will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted Christ. Notice this, he describes all those things, predestined, chosen, adopted, accepted, all those things he describes. Look, it's real simple, to those that are in Christ. That's not descriptive of those before they get in Christ. That's a description of those that are in Christ. He sees us in Christ. He, he recognizes us in Christ. We understand life in this way, past, present, and future. I was born in 1975, September 9th, St. Luke's Hospital, Jacksonville, Florida. And as the old joke says, somebody said, why was you born in Florida? That's where my mother was, and I'd like to be close to her. <laughs> That's the starting point of my life. There are some things I remember in my childhood. There are some things that I can fathom. And so for me, as far as my mind can go back is a few events, but as far as my life goes back, it goes back to 1975. That's as far as I can go. And everything I do in life is this way. I have past, and then I know what I'm doing in the present, and I can only dream of the future. But please don't, understand, please don't miss this. God is always present tense. Amen. If you approach this passage of Scripture trying to figure out what was God thinking back then, and then what's God thinking now, what's God thinking in the future, you really don't understand God. He is the great I am. And what he says is, when I see you, those of you that are in Christ Jesus, he says, I see you accepted in the beloved. But notice how we got there. I don't have time to get there very often, but look, very long, but look in verse number 12. He says that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first what trusted Christ. Have you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? I'll ask you that almost every time I preach. I say, has there been a time in your life you recognize that you could not save yourself and you come to the recognition that you trust in what Jesus Christ did on the cross for your soul's salvation? I'll ask you that question over and over. Notice he says in verse 13, in whom you also trusted. Notice when? When did you trust her? After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that you believed. Notice this, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Bible says now sealed. And, and I'm not talking about that, that, that stuff they show on TV where they spray the bottom of the boat and cut the boat in two. And they hope it holds. The Bible says, no, if you're in him, look, you're completely sealed. No, until I do something wrong, 
No, until the day of redemption. Until the Lord Jesus Christ presents his bride, presents what he purchased to his heavenly father. You say, well, I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to know. You need to recognize if you're in the beloved, you're accepted. People going all around today trying to find their acceptance. Their acceptance is only found in one place, and that is in the beloved, the loved one. The sweet rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. In Christ Jesus, in whom, in whom. You can't read the book of Ephesians without under, without, you can't even read chapter one without just this thought about in him and in whom and in Christ Jesus without it just jumping off the page. As a matter of fact, if you look in verse number, uh, verse number 19, it goes on and says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe What's that great power of those to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Notice in verse number 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above these dominions and powers that we think of on this earth. Say, look, he's a, he, look he has conquered it all. That's why the Bible reads this, that we are more, in, more than conquerors in Christ Jesus who loved us. I, I, can't, I can't emphasize this. I can't emphasize this enough. If you're not careful, you'll be guilty, as I said to you this morning, about the subtlety of Christ, about letting Satan take the truth of God and mix it with a little bit of error. And then before you know it, you have error mixed with a little bit of truth. And before you know it, you have nothing but error. I say this to you, you cannot make yourself accepted of God apart from the beloved one. You cannot be accepted of God apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. And I say this to you, if you're in Jesus Christ, then look, you're accepted. Say, why well, about this and what about this? Either God accept, God the Father either accepts the sacrifice of the Son or He doesn't. And when you start wrapping your mind around all the things and you say well what about this and I, I want to fit in here and I, I want people to be on my team here and I want people to and when you can get to the place listen when you can get to the place look where all that matters is to recognize look that I've been accepted of the beloved you say when was I accepted the moment I came in Christ Jesus when did you come in the Lord Jesus Christ the Bible says after you heard and and after you believed, and then the, I love that next word. Mark it in your Bible. Mark, mark it, mark verse number 13. Notice after you heard the gospel. After you heard the gospel, right? Then he says this, what did you do? You believed after you heard the gospel. And then when you believed, notice amazingly what was happening. Notice this, you didn't seal yourself, you were sealed. <laughs> said I heard the gospel I heard the truth of the death, burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ how he died for our sins according to scriptures said I heard that and I believed I, I think on a Sunday night in our church I, I think most everybody in here would say I recognize I could not save myself and I recognize that I needed the Lord Jesus Christ and most everybody in here could walk up here and give me their testimony of when they got saved 
then understand this. When you got saved, you were believed and you were sealed on the day of redemption. And from that day forward, you're in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you're accepted of the beloved. And if we're not careful, look, I'm all for doing right, living right. I'm not trying to tell you you can do whatever you want to. Some ask this question, say, well, can a man do whatever he wants to and still go to heaven? Well, can a man live good enough and go to heaven without Christ? The question is whether he's in Christ or not. The question is if he's in the beloved. If he's not in the beloved, he's not accepted. And you ask yourself, you're not careful, you get into it. Look, I'm glad we have a serving church. We have a very active church. We have a very caring church. Someone asked me recently, said, I, I know your church really cares for its members and, and does a great job with that. They said, how did you foster that? And I said, well, now I have to be honest, I had inherited most of that. Because this was a loving, caring church when I got here. And I'm thankful for that. And I want us, look, I want us to continue to do that. I, I'm thankful that we can labor. I'm thankful that we can serve. I, I'm thankful for all those things. But look, all those things do not make us accepted. Look, we serve him because we have been accepted. Look at the third thing very quickly. And I got, we got to go. I owe you 15 minutes from this morning. I probably still owe you when this service is over. But if you keep coming back, maybe sometime I'll pay you back those 15 minutes. Not only do we find the people of the acceptance, we find the place of acceptance in the Lord Jesus Christ, but notice this, we find the praise of acceptance. And this is what it's all about. Notice in verse number six, he says this, and to the praise of the glory, the glory of his grace. Now we understand grace is the unmerited favor of God. God giving to us what we do not deserve. And he says this, please, this is where it gets gooder and gooder. And I wish I could just explain it to you. And I wish I could fully comprehend it. He says, when you sit down and you recognize that he has made us to be accepted in the beloved, he says, then you just praise God for the glory of his grace. Mankind cannot save himself. Mankind cannot keep himself saved. Mankind is accepted in the beloved or he is rejected from the grace of God. I notice he says the same thing in verse number 12. He says that we should be to the praise of his glory. You see those of us who are accepted in the beloved, look, we are the praise and the glory uh, to God the Father. It is according to his will, and I, I can't fully comprehend everything in chapter number one. I, I do think there's some things in Scripture we understand, but please don't miss this. If we act like it depends on us, then we give ourselves the praise. I, I can't, I go back, my heart's broken, honestly, to the man standing at the gas and go because he thought he was good enough and they'd all work out at the end. But what about the child of God who says, I trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. But then they have the arrogance, excuse me. They have the arrogancy and the hypocrisy and the pride to say, well, now I'm going to keep myself saved. And I'm going to serve good enough to be in good standing with you. And I'm going to be clean enough that you've got to answer my prayers. No. I say to you, hogwash. We ought to live right. We ought to do right. We ought to be the most spiritual people in the world. But it's all because of the glory of his grace. 
There are things in my life I can't explain to you. The goodness of God and the things that God has done. There's things that happen, what we may call bad in other people's life. And I can't explain to you why that happened. It had nothing to do with them. There's some things that only God can explain. But I am getting to the point more and more in my life that I have to sit down and say, somebody may misunderstand me. And that's hard. I like everybody like me. They say they like me. They like you more if you preach a little shorter. And you say, I like, I want to be liked, but I have to get to the point in my life where I recognize this, that being accepted in the beloved is enough. And if you can't get there, you're going to drive yourself crazy to know that the God of the universe accepts you because you're in his dear son. If you can just get there, if you can just live there, if you can just operate with the powerful truth of what it means to be accepted. You say there's scars in my life. Everybody has scars. You say there's difficulties in my life, but can, can you can you fail? You say, I have failed God since I've been saved. Can I say this to you? He knew you were when he accepted you. You say, What about my future sins? I, all your sins were future when he died on the cross. All your sins were future when you got saved. Either you're accepted in the beloved or you're seeking self-approval from God. And you have to either rest in it or work for it. The Bible says this, he hath made us to be accepted and the beloved look to the praise of the glory of his grace. I said to you, this is one of the deepest wells in scripture that you can read. <laughs> and I think tonight all we've got is a little spoonful. These gallons of water at the bottom of that well when I consider who he is and what he's done for me and what he's made me. The Bible says he's made us to be seated in heavenly places. Can I say this to you? He ain't kicking people out of heaven. He's made us, I'm getting ahead of myself, but he made us in verse number five to be adopted. I've yet to see him sever adoption. I don't find it in scripture. You say, but what if, what if a man does this? What if a woman does this? You are on the wrong side of the coin, my friend. You're either accepted in the beloved or you're counting on what man can do. As long as you're counting on what man can do, then you're going to glory in yourself and you're going to suffer with a pride and arrogancy the rest of your life and you're going to make statements like this. A person can't be saved and do that. But you think you can be saved and do that. It's just you like you're that better than they're that. Either you're going to get to the point where I find my satisfaction in this powerful truth that I'm accepted in the beloved. I give you these two statements and I'm done. Number one, there is no acceptance apart from the beloved. You won't find it. Not acceptance from God. You may find it from your friends. You may find it from somewhere else. But you won't find acceptance from the creator God of the universe apart from the beloved. And then let me say this to you. 
for those of you that are hurt, for those of you that have struggled, for those of you that have failed, if you're in the beloved, you're accepted because now, look, when he sees you, he no longer sees you. He sees you in Christ. He sees you, as one preacher put it, he sees you as he sees his own dear son. Someone said justification. Justification as if I were, uh, justification was if I were, just as if I were never a sinner. And I like what one preacher said. He took it a step further. He says, no, justification is just as if I had always been a son. And when you wrap your mind around it, look, I'm all for clean living, doing right. I, if you say this message is about the you do what you want to do, then you miss the point of it. The point is this. We've got to get our eyes off of what man can do and what man has done and what man wants to do and think and get our mind and our eyes upon what Christ has done for us and who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we recognize that we're seated in heavenly places and that we're accepted the beloved, it'll take care of those things. I challenge you tonight. Find your acceptance in him. Find your approval in him. I want you to bow with me.